Hi, this is Regeline Sabat, also known as Gigi. You're listening to Walk With Me Podcast. My guest today is Carl Punto. Carl Punto is the owner and president of Squatch and Stretch Productions, and Carl is a storyteller and motion graphic artist. Welcome to the podcast, Carl. Thank you. You're welcome, and we're honored to have you here tonight. Now, why don't you start off by telling us about you and where you're from? Uh, sure, I have a little backstory that I usually uh, use to introduce myself and my business. I can dive right into that. Does that sound good? Yes, sir. Awesome. So uh, I've been an artist my entire life. I grew up drawing, painting, sculpting, big Legos kid. And I got my passion for storytelling from my dad. He's a really good storyteller. And I knew I wanted to study animation when I saw the first Toy Story film. I was like, ooh, that, I got to do that. That's so cool. And then beginning of 2002, I started to feel like something wasn't quite right with me physically. I had been a competitive swimmer my whole life, so I knew what I was supposed to feel like. And it wasn't like, oh, my shoulder kind of hurts. It was just like a general blah feeling. And so by August, they still hadn't figured out what was wrong with me, but I'd lost 50 pounds and had sunken cheeks and eyes. I was really pale. Started to get really bad headaches. So my parents took me for an MRI. We were waiting around for another appointment when my pediatrician called and said he was going to drive up from another hospital to come talk with us. And we saw him walking up with this big envelope in his hands. You could tell he'd been crying. And he brought us into a little side meeting room. And I remember I was sitting knee to knee with him in this big U-shaped chair with really high armrests, kind of leaning forward. And he pulls out the results of the MRI and shows me I have two brain tumors. And it felt like I got punched in the chest, I actually moved backwards in my chair. Then for the next two weeks, everything sounded like the adults from Peanuts, just kind of wah, 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 because I've never had the flu, never broken any major bones, never been stung by a bee. I'm pretty sure I've never been bitten by a mosquito. So to get brain tumor diagnosis at 15, which is a complete sucker punch out of nowhere, but I got so much help from friends and family and like my high school adjusted my schedule and got me a tutor so I could still graduate on time. And people I barely knew were giving food and gifts and other support. So it really inspired me to want to try and give back and help as many people as I could because I'd probably be dead if it wasn't for all the help that I got. And then in undergraduate school, as I was studying animation, there was a big student digital art and design competition I participated in with a big screening at the end of like a thousand people in this big auditorium. I knew maybe 10 but when everyone laughed at the joke of my animation, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. I can connect with people and have a bigger impact on the world around me with storytelling and animation. So after grad school, I started my business and I like working with te uh, marketing, branding, and PR companies, helping their clients with better animation content for their websites and social media, stuff like that. If I can help them reach more people, the more people in the community get their problems solved. My client's business does better. I get a happy client, everyone wins, and it's just a way for me to have a bigger positive impact on the world around me, and that's really why I do what I do. I love it, that's very powerful. Now, can you tell us more about how you overcame the brain tumor diagnosis, and also, you know, what else helped you along the way? Um, yeah, so that, I mean, it was definitely the most challenging thing I've ever been, I've ever been through, um, and I had a, uh, the biopsy surgery I was in the hospital for two weeks uh, because one of the parts that got damaged in my brain was my pituitary gland. So my hormones were all over the place, which is why I was feeling so blah. And so it took a while for them to get the supplement levels correct so kind of my body would stabilize. Um, and then uh, I had uh, four rounds of chemotherapy and 20 days of radiation. Unfortunately, they were very treatable tumors. So it was a uh, fairly light chemo and radiation, low, low doses and stuff. Um, so that was, I was very fortunate in that sense where it was, it was very treatable. It was actually one of the weirdest things I've ever been told by another human being. After about two weeks in the ICU, the doctor came back with the uh, prognosis and said, you got the good type of cancer, which at the time I was like, what? 
but then I'm, I realized now that it's a lot could have been a lot worse. So in, in some sense, I'm really thankful for how it turned out. And also, it's one of those things that I wouldn't want to go through it again. I wouldn't wish on anyone else, but I can't imagine not having gone through it because of how much of an impact it's had on my life and how much I think better a person I am than I would be otherwise. Just because it helps me realize what's important in life and kind of. Um, what I would be spending my time and give me a lot more drive and focus than I think I would have had otherwise. And so it's really been a, it's kind of like what we're all going through now with the COVID stuff is kind of adjusting to a new normal and getting a lot of help from people when I needed it. Um, like my, my family and friends were great. I'm still really close to people I was friends with in high school who helped me, who helped get me through that whole experience. Um, and just my immediate family and other extended family are all very close because um, they really, rallied around me and helped me uh, have everything I needed to get through it. And it was definitely a, a group effort. Um, and just uh, people like could come to visit and bring food, like I said, and, and just, and gifts and those people I barely knew or hadn't seen for a long time were willing to, to give and support me when I really needed it. So it just, it, it shows how much stronger people are when they work together and are willing to help other people out. Not just, not because they expect something back in return, but just giving for the sake of giving. And that's something I really, incorporate into my business uh, plan and how I want to, the impact I want to have on the world with my company. I actually have a goal in my business plan to, um, it's been kind of delayed because of COVID, but one of my goals is to be able to like be making enough money and to support myself that I can afford to like go out to eat once a month and leave the waiter or waitress a $500 tip. What I want to be able to do is like a natural, like a regular habit thing is I want to be able to do that and be able to give back to people that I think could probably make more a big, a bigger impact on their life than, than myself. And it's those little things where it's, it's you don't realize how some small gestures like that can have a huge impact on the, the quality of someone's day, and just and how those things ripple through um, communities and can really help. And I think just having that general attitude of giving and looking for ways to help other people is a mindset that um, I wish more people would adopt. And I think it's a, a sign of a um, some, someone's kind of being in the right mind space if they're looking for those sorts of, of opportunities. Amen. That is very inspiring. Now, can you tell us more about the power of stories, internal and external? Sure, yeah. So, um, so one of the things that actually like really got me through uh, the whole um, treatment process, or the whole experience, was uh, so I, I would um, I really like comedy and and the storytelling so I, I watched a lot of the daily show with john stewart when i was going through chemo and so that was like, like making me laugh and feel better and just those sorts of like the the news stories are um like in a comedic like like the kind of fake news stories they do we're not like fake news in today's terms but it's kind of like the satirical take on the news that they would have and like the the correspondence would do really helped me get through the whole experience and so it was uh i like i like the story's ability to um, just communicate information on such a deeper emotional level than just facts and, and statistics can. Um, our, our brains are wired for storytelling where um, humans have been telling stories for as long as we've had like hunter-gatherer tribes, that sort of stuff. And so I think just, and it, it's such a great way to um, communicate a message and really get people inspired and, uh, and motivated to, to act and actually bring about change. Um, if you, I mean, I'm because of just what I've been through with the brain, I'm fascinated about how our brains work. And just uh, as much as we like to think of ourselves as like 
rational or logical beings. We really like the emotional part of our brains, the limbic system, which is at the base here, is what makes all the decisions pretty much. And it controls emotion, doesn't talk to logic or reason or language. There's some reasoning that comes into it, but usually it's much later in the decision making process than we're aware of. So if you're trying to really get people to like buy a product or service or trying to convince someone like in, in a in a debate or an argument about what your why your position is um like correct or just why you why you feel a certain way um going about it with like just facts and figures is just not going to work because what really how we make decisions how we form beliefs are is all based on emotion for the most part so having a strong story that has like examples of of real world implications of the of the position you're supporting or the like product you're trying to sell or the service that how it can help people and really getting that emotional level of people is absolutely essential for pretty much all human interaction and really making it an impact on people's lives. You got to get to that part of the brain. And so I, I really am impressed by and appreciate the, the power stories have for um, like just affecting our emotional states and really getting people like to feel a whole gamut of, of emotions and also just inspiring a lot of action in people that might not have otherwise realized the importance of something they're being told if it wasn't for the story behind it. That's right. And now can you tell the audience where you're pointing now in the in your back of your head here? Oh, yeah, so it's so the limbic system of the brain is basically the base. There's like three tiers of the brain. There's the upper brain which controls uh, like rational things more like your conscious thoughts and like your and language is up there. And there's the middle brain and then the lower brain and the lower brain is the part that makes the decisions. It's also considered like the like the reptile brain. It's the ones that controls like fight or flight or the um, emotions and a lot of like the kind of gut instinct sort of stuff is what we is what controls the decision making and then we will come up with the reasons the rational reasons later on but oftentimes there's actually a great book i'm blanking on the title for it. i think this came from predictably irrational it's a great book but it talks about how people will come up with the reasons why they made a decision often like late like weeks or months after they've really made the decision like in the emotional part of the brain but other people around them can tell They've, they've made it like it's buying a new house, buying a new car. People like make that decision months before they think they've made it, but it just it's just the, their behavior changes and their mood changes and the way they respond to the, the subject changes. So people around them can tell, but the person themselves often has trouble realizing they've decided on something before like it gets to their upper brain. It's way more complicated than I could possibly explain here without a degree. And like it just it's but it's fascinating. This thing understanding more about that is. Uh, as part of someone who works in marketing content and telling stories is really important to understand the basics of how that works because when you're trying to get someone to respond to some way to a story you're going to know what the correct inputs are because even though we are we behave irrationally it's still a system we can still predict the responses so um it's it's i find that stuff fascinating and i think just anyone who's looking to um have better interactions with people either like in the workplace or, or in relationships um, would benefit from understanding more about those sorts of things because people we try to if you have like family members who are who've been like kind of bickering or fighting for a long time oftentimes they're not fighting about the real issue that they're vocalizing the problems about it's really something underlying that if you gotta if you kind of realize what the real like inspiration is for or the real like emotional reasons behind the conflict they can actually resolve it but just people usually don't think about it that in that amount of depth so I just I could blab about this for way longer than we have time on the show so 
No, that is very intriguing. Thank you for sharing that, Carl. Now, can you tell us more about why attitude is so important? Yeah, so I think especially these days where everything's so like crazy and unusual and um, the general feeling of, like a, a lack of control over what's happening to, to people, I think uh, it's really important for, for people to, instead of focusing on what they can't control and stressing about it, which is not productive, is to really focus on what they do have control over. And the first thing you can control is your attitude. And so um, one thing I've been doing a lot uh, since the about March when things really start, like the shutdown happened and uh, has been working on uh, so like kind of personal development stuff. And then one of the things that we covered was uh, kind of attitude control and, and just and keeping be more aware of um, and mindful of how I'm feeling and, and what I'm, uh, what sort of, content I'm consuming it's kind of like the whole adage of you are what you eat kind of your 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 attitude is kind of what you take if you're watching a lot of like negative news or like things that are making you stressed you're going to think things are stressed and negative and bad but if you kind of you focus on things that are positive or uplifting and and optimistic then you're going to have more of that mindset because you'll, you'll basically there's a great quote I'm gonna I can't remember what it is uh, verbatim but paraphrasing is basically uh, you don't see the world as it is. You see the world as you are. So if you focus on, if you think that the world is really negative and bad, you'll see negative and bad things. But that's because you are projecting, you're kind of focusing on those things when you look at the world. If you focus on, if you think, think things are really positive and, and uplifting and, and optimistic, you'll see those things when you look into the world. So if people want to, and people want to like make some change in the world, have some control over what happens? Well, you can't necessarily affect something outside your sphere of influence. I can talk really, I can. Um, but you can change your attitude and, and, and focus on your the control you have over yourself and your own mind. And by controlling that and making sure you're putting as much positivity or, or and like and uh, helpfulness and and, and positive like and helping as many people as you can and and um putting that out into the world more, you'll see it more around you because you'll be in that mindset. So I think, um, I mean, there's, there's been, I've been working on growing my business a lot um, since February and it obviously has not gone as I necessarily expected it to when I kind of made this big uh, push starting in February because like, like in March, everything kind of went sideways. Um, but I haven't like gotten down and like the, stuck in the negativity and, and I didn't stop. Uh, working towards my goals, I realized that um, the road would be a lot windier and more difficult than I originally thought it would, but I'm confident I can still achieve what I'm trying to achieve. It might, it's going to take longer and be a lot more difficult than I expected, but I, I, that's when I kind of realized I needed to do more personal development and, and up my own game to kind of rise to the challenge. And, I, and so that's one thing I, I feel like really grateful about the whole brain tumor experience for was I had some kind of a frame of reference for having my entire life turned upside down before. Uh, Cause I, it is like the great way of, of visualizing it is a, so like in February, like the, the world was kind of like our business market, I guess it's the great way is uh, more specific. It's like a game of monopoly. It's like three quarters of the way done where everything's like a lot of stuff's bought up and there's everything's kind of established and structured. And there's not a lot of room for like growth or making big changes. And so it's kind of like the world in February. And then in March when like COVID really kicked off and it kind of like 
took the game board and went did this and just flipped everything over and then disrupted the entire board and everything got jumbled up in this kind of whole new game that like no one really expected. And so that sort of experience, like uh, most people have not gone through something like that. So I didn't really know how to respond. So I feel fortunate that I kind of had that happen to me personally when I got the brain tumor diagnosis where it just, it didn't feel real for two weeks. I was just like, oh my gosh, what the is going on? This is just completely new experience and, didn't, and just mind blowing. So I, I kind of, I was, I've been in the same kind of mode that got me through chemo and radiation and all the treatment for the brain tumor since the shutdown happened because it's, it's very similar to some of much, much bigger scale um, to having basically the entire kind of trajectory of people's lives being completely upended and shifted. So it, I just focused on uh, to, to not stressing about things I can't control and focus on things I, I can deal with and uh, personal development sort of stuff and, and, and just trying to move forward and, and changing my plans and updating stuff, but just not getting mired down in the negativity and just keep, keep moving forward. And, and when you need help, ask for help. When you see people you can help, um, offer to help them and just, um, the whole idea is just keep moving forward and, and help people get through it together. And I think the, the people that are able to ha have strong networks and um, good relationships and are able to rely on each other uh, uh, will be um, will come out of this just fine. And it will be very different. Uh, I don't. There's no necessarily like back to normal is a insane sort of thought. I think there's not going to really be anything like there was before in the world uh there'll be a new situation for all the different like industries and lives and that kind of like and lifestyle and stuff but i think um people that that don't worry too much about exactly what's going to happen and, and try and focus on uh, what's like outside their sphere of influence have the right attitude of um being able to like adapt and and be agile and and and, and willing to grow and change are going to be ones that make it through this just fine or even thrive through it. I'm, I'm, uh, I've had a, seen a ton of opportunities um, and like potential big silver linings for myself and for a lot of other people uh, that could come out of this that um, just wouldn't have been, wouldn't have existed if it wasn't for the initially terrible um, occurrence or a situation of COVID. Um, there's a great, story i can't remember where i heard it the first time i've read it in a couple of places but the whole it's kind of a the the story goes there's like a uh farmer in like in the like ancient china and he's um he has a bunch of horses and so one day one of his horses like his horse runs away and people are like oh my gosh that's the neighbor's like oh that's terrible you lost your horse and the guy says okay well we'll see and the next day the horse comes back with seven wild horses that it brought back to the farm and everyone's like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. You have all these new horses. And the farmer says, yeah, we'll see. And the next day, the man's son is, is trying to tame one of the horses and it bucks him off his back and the son breaks his leg. And everyone goes, oh my gosh, that's terrible. Your son broke his leg. That's such a, you'll, you're, he's going to be out of not be able to work for so long. And the, and the farmer says, yeah, we'll see. And then the next like couple weeks later, uh, the son's still like healing and the, a bunch of uh, soldiers come to conscript men for the military and they say, oh, this guy's a broken leg. We won't take him. He can stay at home. And all those guys are like, oh my gosh, that's, that's totally, it's amazing. You didn't have to go and like fight in the army. And, and so, and so basically the like, guy's response is, we'll see. So what could seem like a terrible situation now could be full of opportunities for amazing 
growth and and new uh, like businesses or new jobs or new relationships and just by having the right attitude uh, you'll be able to see those things but if you're focusing on all the negative stuff you'll miss all these great chances that life is presenting you with that um, don't come around that often I think the stat I heard was like in the business world that 65% of the fortune 1000 companies were formed during recessions so if you're looking to find new new work or like start a new business or do something make a big change to your life um, now's a great opportunity because there's this there's it's just rare that I mean it was not rare but it's never happened on this scale before I mean the last big pandemic was Spanish flu in, in 1920 it seems like it's every hundred years so it's like there's just opportunities like this don't come along very often so it's uh, you got to have a good attitude to, to see the opportunities when they arise and it just in general um, a lot of people that are really successful and famous and um, have, have made great names for themselves and, and done great things uh, a lot of that came from them having the right attitude and seeing an opportunity when other people didn't other people didn't see it necessarily and being able to act on it uh, when the like in a strike when the iron's hot as the old adage says that's right. I agree. Maintaining a positive mindset as well is truly important. Thank you for sharing that as well, Carl. Now tell us more about your principle in regards to we are all in this together. Yeah, well, it definitely, I, like it, it came from the whole, all the help I got dealing with the, the brain tumors and stuff. And it's, it just, it impressed upon me the importance of helping other people, um, especially people that, um, you know, even people that you don't necessarily feel that close to or know that well, because um, you never know how um, how much you have in common, how much a little gesture of um, support can go a long way to making someone's day and just helping them get through a tough period. And there are a lot of people struggling these days. And so it's something that um, I'm really uh, focusing on, on doing is, is encouraging people to think of ways they can do little things to help out people in their in their neighborhoods and people they even the people they don't know if they're out uh and about like buying groceries or something like that and just find little things you can do to make someone's life better and and donate and give uh to people in need and just um i think one of the other silver linings has, has been there's a, a surge in empathy compared to what, in the US at least, compared to what it used to be before COVID. We still have a long way to go before I think we're as empathic as, as this country needs to be. Um, but I think there's, uh, especially in the, the first couple months of the shutdown, there were a lot of people, a lot of stories of people giving and helping each other. And I think those sorts of habits are ones that shouldn't be reserved just for like getting through a, a shutdown sort of thing. It could be making those things daily habits are a great way to not only help other people, but also just it feels good to support other people. And um, you never know who those people know. I'm, I'm a really big networker for my business. I do a ton of networking on Zoom these days. And I just, it's it's really amazing and fun to, to meet people and see who they know and how much you can help them, even if they're on the other side of the country and like you've never met them before, but they, they might have a need that you know, someone who could you could connect them with that could solve that need for them, and, and then both those 
people are, are better off and they're going to want to reciprocate. We again, getting back to the brain, we have um, what allows us to be empath empathetic is uh, we have something called mirror neurons in our brain. So if you see someone who's in a good mood, it makes you feel in a good mood because you you mirror how they feel. And so um, if you want people to help you, if you feel like you need help with something, the best way to get people to want to help you is to help them um, and, and give, and not necessarily expecting something back right away, but just by kind of giving uh, to people in your community and kind of putting putting that sort of actions out into the universe, uh, you'll get back that the same sort of sentiment. And it might not be from the exact person you gave to, but they might give to someone else who gives to someone else who gives to you. But you kind of started that chain of um, giving and support that it'll come back to you in ways you can't even predict or, or uh, and usually it's way more and way better than you would have initially expected when you first thought to, to give to help someone else out. So it's, um, I've been uh, very fortunate to have the opportunity to network with some amazing people uh, in, in the San Francisco Bay Area where I live and, and around the country thanks to Zoom. And it's been um, a lot of fun to see who I can connect and who I can help out. And um, that sort of uh, attitude of, of giving for the sake of giving and, and wanting to help other people out, knowing that it'll eventually come back around you, but not initially tying any strings to your, your help, making it unconditional um, is, is such a, a more rewarding and, um, and better way to approach life and relationships than uh, having the, the opposite mindset of what, what can I take from people? What, how can I gain myself for myself? Cause just you'll burn through relationships and you'll, you'll ostracize yourself from, your your groups and it's we can accomplish a lot more when people work together on things and even if there's uh large like large differences in all sorts of like socioeconomic or demographic difference or like or kind of beliefs differences um the the there's we have more in common than we do different anywhere around the world with anyone around the world there's there's uh even if you go to like a different country that's i've been fortunate to travel around uh to a lot of different places around the world a lot of i've been to five out of seven continents um and just seeing how uh people have similar kind of like kind of daily routine daily challenges they go through but different cultures and people different people are going to handle it differently but it's not like there's like a vastly different kind of rhythm to the day uh, in different countries and different parts of the world, and just and even though they're on the other side of the planet, I'm like, never, I don't speak the language. I never, I don't really know the area, but they're just, I, you can tell that, and they just feel the connection as as human beings, and um, the our needs are basically the same, and we're we have similar goals and similar aspirations and and similar values. It just um, they're often presented or labeled differently, but a lot of the time it's just those little people focus on those differences and try to blow them out of proportion and, and it causes all these rifts that are really, really superficial when, if you look at them uh, from like a like 10,000 foot kind of view and realize it's really, we're really not that different. Uh, and people just need to, I really, I encourage people to 
again, the kind of attitude thing is it's focus on what you have in common with people and not what you have different, what is like different between the two. And um, that sort of approach to relationships and giving and helping other people really, it will just lead to a, a more fulfilling and, and happier life that is more beneficial for everyone around you, including yourself, just by by caring and being willing to help other people out besides yourself. That is very powerful. And I agree, volunteering and small acts of kindness truly matter. Now tell us more about the abundance mindset, Carl. Well, it ties into that, um, to what I was just talking about before is, people that often are, have a, like they're thinking about themselves first and really uh, trying to take and have a, a mindset where there's, there's not enough to go around, there's a limited number of uh, opportunities, limited, limited number of like you know, seats at the table, and they got to get one of those seats, and they and they they are, be, are very like an, um, like negative mindset, and and uh, and not really and are gonna be kind of mean spirited and and try and there's very like a like win lose sort of deals that they're gonna look for because they have to they have to win they have to be in front they have to be the first and and, and the, compared to like an abundance mindset where if you think even like in business, even these days where the economy is um, very like is unprecedentedly like shaken up and stuff, there's still like, it's, there's still so many opportunities out there and, and like the overall, like I'd still consider us this like c compared to the rest of human history, there and there's no other like time I'd want to be alive and like, like a, a century or so, like if you had to pick a different like century to, to live in, I wouldn't pick any different one than this one, just because of how like life overall there's is abundant, even in these crazy times. And, and thinking from uh, from and things in that in that sense re helps you realize that you can give to other people, you can uh, like share your time and and support other people, and you don't have to try and grab it all for yourself because you feel there's not enough. If you if you have that mindset that there's enough to go around, we can all succeed and we can all get what we need. Like it ties into that idea of equity and as we can, everyone can get and have a, the, a life that's fulfilling and, and happy and safe and all the kind of basics of human, uh, the human needs are, are in, in more are, are available for everyone if we just are willing to put the effort in to make the right systems to provide for everybody and, and support people that need it that haven't given been re, uh, able to get that support in the past. So I think having that abundance mindset is is essential um, as part of the kind of overall attitude thing to um, be willing and and have the open like the ability to see when you can help other people and be willing to make those gestures of giving is, is when you have the mindset there's plenty to go around. That's right. Being selfless truly matters. Now, Carl, can you tell us more about your company, Squatch and Stretch Productions? Yeah, so Squatch and Stretch Productions, um, uh, we do animation and motion graphics for marketing and corporate communication. And uh, we're kind of like a fractional animation department for marketing, branding, and PR company. So those sorts of companies often offer like websites, social media, email, SEO marketing services, but they don't have a in-house animation team. And these days, especially with COVID pushing everything online, 
there's a, a great opportunity to reach a lot more people online with um, online marketing. And so and animation is a great way to, like I said, use stories to connect with people on that deep emotional level that gets really good results. So instead of those marketing, branding, PR companies have to having to hire on other people or, or stretch their teams to extend it and include animation, they can basically bring me and my team on We'll create the animated content for their clients, and that way their clients are going to get the benefits of high-quality animated content on their existing uh, marketing uh, frameworks and that sort of stuff. Um, and that way we're able to um, provide this, these high-quality custom uh, content solutions for people around the country that um, will help them not just like survive through these sorts of this situation, but also kind of thrive through it because there's a the time to really push marketing is when there's a recession. Like I said, that that's quote about, uh, or the stat about 65% uh, of the Fortune 1000 companies are formed in, in recessions. When the market shook up like this, now's the time to really, it's when people are slowing down, then that's time to kind of like push your marketing to kind of speed up. If you think of like a marathon runners, if you're like, a, like if you're like a, a minute ahead of someone, if you can push like a minute five ahead of someone, there's not a huge difference if you're, because you're running about the same pace. But if they start to slow down, you can speed up and you can basically get like, so now you have like five minutes between the two of you because when they were slowing down, you were speeding up. That's a huge difference. And so now's the time when a lot of companies are, are pulling back and they're not, they're like, for some reason, thinking that cutting their marketing budgets can help them save money long-term when marketing brings in more business. So when people are slowing down and cutting budgets, now's really the time to be bold and um, invest in marketing and really get your message out there because when things do start to return um, and business picks back up, it's a lot easier to maintain momentum through a recession than trying to than losing and trying to build it back up. If you think of like a merry-go-round in, a, in a, a playground, if you have a bunch of kids pile on and one kid's pushing it around to get it started, it takes a lot of effort to get that thing started. Once it's going, you hop on and it starts to slow down. If you get off and start pushing again, it's easy to get it back up to speed. But if you let it pull, go all the way down, you got to push just as hard to get it going again as before. So in the long run, it's, a lot, it's less expensive and, and more effective to keep the momentum up than letting it die all the way down and then build it back up once things start to look better. I love it. Thank you for sharing that, Carl. Now, Carl, what has given you the most joy and fulfillment in your life? Um, so... It's, I think it's, it's seeing, uh, one is kind of seeing the reaction to, to the, the stories I tell through animation and then just seeing the results they have on, on my clients' lives has been, is really fun because it, it kind of combines, again, it's the storytelling and animation that I'm passionate about combined with the desire to help other people. I actually had a client a few years ago. Um, he, he had started a, a high-end DJ business in Chicago and he got bought out by a parent company. They moved him out to Oakland, California basically start a kind of a new another branch new location and and he really didn't like working for the parent company because they were really re restrictive on what he could like spend money on and on like the operating decisions they were kind of micromanaging him so they really didn't like it so he he made this animation to help him in his sales process and after he started using it he was able to actually increase his sales so much he was able to buy his company back from the parent company and be able to like run the business how he wanted to and actually expanded it into more live music stuff and he just he was had the the freedom to run the business that he wanted to uh again because the animation helped him and so hearing that story was like when he's emailed me saying i got my company back this is so cool i'm, I'm able to do 
and that sort of thing is like it's so cool to see just the the, the effect the animation had on his on his business and his life and um how even like during the animation process i was I sent him like a draft of it and he was sending it he's getting feedback from people and he's like people love this i'm like it's not done yet Let, like don't get show people till it's finished and so um those sorts of experiences where people are, are uh you can see the impact that the effort i'm putting into my business and my work is having on people's lives in a positive way is is a great feeling and um just uh again I, I i when i do a lot of these little like little acts of kindness just that um get all those warm fuzzy feelings i love those little warm fuzzy feelings and or like uh those are probably the, the best ones it's, i don't really have too many like huge uh, examples of like the one time i was super super happy i think that's oh there's a lot of, it shows it's a, it's a sign of a very fortunate and um something really grateful for is i have a lot of little small uh kind of moments of like happy stories throughout my life where it's the fact that it kind of stays at that level high throughout and there's not like a huge ups and downs with really bright happy moments really sad moments has fairly been consistent at least from the way i i, I view things um i feel very fortunate that i i'm able to have that sort of emotional stability in my life. I know a lot of people are struggling with mental and emotional health, and I, I, I uh, urge them to to talk about it and get help when they need it because it's 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 a real thing. I I did deal with some anxiety after I went when I started college because um, I was kind of adjusting to my new normal uh, after like the brain tumors had been treated and stuff, and just kind of getting used to all the changes in my brain and life. And so I I have a, a taste of that sort of like emotions not in control and, and it's being feeling kind of on edge and and not myself and um so unfortunately that fortunately that was very it was a, a temporary thing for me and so I, I with how much stress people are feeling and how unusual the times are um i i want i really urge encourage people if you have someone you can talk to about it um and and talk about it as much as you can and, and there's ton of helplines are like places people get help with like mental and emotional distress or issues and um definitely you're not the only person feeling this and it's uh worth uh vocalizing how you're feeling to someone else that you trust and 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 not suffering in silence because it's it's um it is possible to be uh, kind of happy and, and positive and optimistic, even in these crazy times. But it's it's something that I, I've I've worked at and I've had a uh, it's I've put effort into and maintaining or kind of building this sort of mindset. It's not something kind of like click on and it's there. So I, I but it's it's possible, and I, I want to make sure that people um, or encourage people not to let themselves get stuck in the mud and especially like I said at the beginning, it's how you, how you feel is completely under your control and there's a ton of resources out there and I recommend people find something that works for them and, and use it and, and be in, as in control as you can of how you feel and how you think and, and your own body and mind because that's definitely something you, you can control and not to worry too much about things that are outside of your, your control.
That's right. Now I'm an overcomer of anxiety as well. And I found that anxiety, like fear, it's only as real as you believe it to be. And by saying that anxiety does not exist, it truly helps. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it's, that's another fascinating thing about the brain. And one reason why like visualization is a, such a powerful tool. If you want to, if you want to have a certain outcome then kind of visualizing it as real, your mind kind of makes it real because your brain can't distinguish between uh, like, like what you, like a dream in reality, like you kind of feel that it was real. You have, this, you have the same emotional response when you, that's why like horror films make us feel scared because as the mirror neurons, we kind of feel like it's real, even though it's not real, it's on the screen. That's why like horror films make us feel scared. So if you're stressing about things uh, that you, you can't control and you're like, you're freaking out about something, you, you kind of, your mind just kind of makes it real and, you, and has such a visceral, emotional and physical like impact on your body. But if you're able to, understand that there's a great um book it talks about like uh, uh upper limit beliefs i'm trying to remember what let me look it up real quick i, I read it not too long ago uh where'd it go um uh where'd it go um but it, it it talked about just how like there's a thing that our brains do um because we're kind of used to you know, like, like you have like a comfort zone that we we're, we live in, and whenever we're trying to change or grow or do something different, where we leave our comfort zone, and, and part of our brain survival mechanism again, that little that emotional part of our brains that um, still controls like the fight or flight, the um, uh, as like a, a, a survival responses for us to stay within our comfort zones, even if it's a bad comfort zone, which is. So the, yeah, the book's called The Big Leap. Um, and it talks about how if we're going to make big changes in our lives, we have to be aware of these limiting uh, beliefs in our brain. And, like, and so if you like, have a really big, happy moment, oftentimes you're going to realize you have a bunch of like, negative, worrying, stressful thoughts. If you, have, like, if, like, if you get like, hired for a new job, you have all these like, worried and frets and stress because your brain's trying to keep you back in this like in your comfort zone of like where your life is now and keep you from growing and making these big leaps, big changes in your life. And so if you're aware of what sort of responses you have, because I'm like, I think the book outlines four different kind of types of limiting beliefs that people have based on their, uh, their childhood growing up, um, that uh, if you're kind of aware of what, which ones you have, you can stop yourself from feeling those things and be able to keep expanding your, like moving your comfort zone so it gets bigger and bigger and you actually achieve what you want to achieve because a lot if you ever hear like people like self-sabotaging themselves it's because subconsciously our brains will come up with reasons why we should fail and we if we don't check those then we'll make mistakes we'll do things wrong we'll basically push ourselves back down and to where we were and, and not grow and won't like we'll get like fired from the new job or we'll like sabotage a relationship or do something to basically keep us unhappy or of where we were and not grow the way we wanted to is a fascinating book i've been working on that a lot lately because i'm a i'm a fretter that's one of, one of the four things just worrying about things you can't control so i'll have like a great meeting with someone and a whole bunch of like negative thoughts start to pop up I'm like no get get down there neg like and i realize it's a limiting belief my brain's trying to keep me back in my comfort zone because it feels like i'm growing too much so i have to like swap those away like get stop don't fret about that stuff it's not worth fretting about that so and, I, and it's it's just a it's one of those things that once you're aware of them, you can uh, combat it, but it's something that most people don't realize is going on. And it's, it's, 
again, another fascinating way our brains work. So yeah, it's called The, the, the Big Leap. Um, it's a great book. Yeah, uh, The Big Leap. Ladies and um, gentlemen, make sure to check it out. The Big yeah. Leap. <laughs> it's, it's for, especially for people that are looking to change their lives and pivot like their new careers, new industries, and are like making big life changes. These sorts of, your brain's going to be in all sorts of limiting beliefs to, to try and protect you, but it's, um, it's really, I mean, it, it's a leftover thing from when like hunter-gatherer days, like if you saw like the bushes rustling on like the savannah, the people that weren't afraid it was a lion got eaten sometimes. And so the people that were afraid and ran away lived and so they passed on the gene. So like we still have that kind of that primal, like fight or flight, un afraid of the unknown. Uh, because that was a survival mechanism back when most things in, uh, out in the world would kill us. These days, despite COVID, most things you encounter in the world are not a threat to your life, but we still have that same fight or flight response and like, or is it going to kill me response to new things, new people, new experiences. And so that sort of part of our brains is what causes us to self-sabotage and have these limiting beliefs that keep us where we know we can survive and in, in some cases, it just, it just keeps you in like mediocrity. In some cases, it's, it's like why um, people have been like uh, victims of domestic abuse. They keep getting in relationships with people that treat them, like, uh, abuse them, because their brains don't know how to survive in any relationships besides ones with domestic abusers, which is horrifying. But that's just how, that's how the brain works. And so they don't know how to survive in a healthy relationship. So they sabotage those and find one that's and it's something that's the reason why they, they it, you need to, or people need help with those sorts of things. And they, it's important to talk about it and, and be aware of that's how your brain works. And, um, and that way, once you're kind of aware of it and can do something about it, you're able to counteract it and, and achieve that growth, achieve that, achieve that change. And, um, especially these days with so much change going on, um, it's a, a very important important and timely skill to be working on <clears throat> as the new world we're, we're in is starts to shape out and stuff so you can kind of find your your new um situation and, and expand it then hopefully it'll be a a step up that you don't realize you're capable of because you're never really pushed from some ex like there's a the whole uh, hero's journey story archetype um thing like the, the first Star Wars film. If you haven't seen it, spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so in the, in the classic uh, hero's journey story arc, there's a hero and they're in a certain like life situation that they're not happy with, but they're, they're, there's a call to action where someone says, okay, we can go, you can go change your life now. And the hero refuses because they're, they, they're stuck and they don't change. So something else, some big event forces them to change. So in, in the first Star Wars film, it's Luke's aunt and uncle get killed by the stormtroopers. So basically his home's destroyed. He has to leave. Some outside force pushes him into action and he goes on the journey and, and becomes a better person. So like, it usually takes that big of a push for us to get out of our comfort zones because our brains keep us in those little safe what we know. We don't want to leave because it's what we know. And so it takes something really big to force us out, to force us to grow. And we have to overcome the limiting beliefs and usually have a guide helping us through it and we overcome these challenges and, and get back to a, a better a, a achieved growth at the end of the story. 
Well, COVID just took the whole world and pushed it out of its comfort zone on a scale that's never been seen before. And so there's tons of opportunities to grow. And then the, the home or the life people knew before is gone. Um, and so you, we, I think we're all uh, collectively on a, this kind of hero's journey of, of growth. And there's a ton of opportunities for people to find a new life for themselves that's better than it was before. And they probably wouldn't have thought to or been able to like make this change without some big outside force pushing and everyone's gotten pushed at once. There's this huge opportunity. And I think the people that are going to be really successful going forward are ones that see this as an opportunity for growth and they have a guide, someone who can help them find their path and make these changes and really achieve the, the big goals they had for themselves. Maybe they've been dreaming about it for their entire life or for years and hadn't never been able to, make it happen because they're kind of entrenched in their ways and now there's there's no going back to the way things were so might as well go after those big audacious goals that you had and and make your life the one you always dreamed of instead of trying to go back to the way things were i love it now carl was there a time in your life journey where you experienced an aha moment um i told about it in the, the first story i told uh, when i Having an auditorium of people go, oh my gosh, that's a laugh at the joke in my animation. I was like, and I had a, oh, I had like just like the hair on the back of my neck stand up, and I got like that adrenaline rush of like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. I can't believe they all laughed at this joke. I made this thing and had this big and had this big like positive effect on a bunch of people I have no, and I didn't know, like, nine hundred ninety people out of a thousand or whatever. Is that kind of like rush I felt of having such a, a big impact on people that I would never meet again probably it was just like a oh my gosh i need more of this and there was like the validation that i um, was on the right track with my my career and what i wanted to be doing and it, it, i pivoted something originally originally i wanted to go into like feature film production and i kind of realized that it wasn't quite as as on track as what i'm doing now which is i think a lot bigger opportunity to help more people than just like make them feel happy for like while they're watching a film sort of thing but I think that still it showed me that the the storytelling and animation would be a great tool for um, influencing and, and ha having a bigger impact on the world around me. So that was a big aha moment where I just had like uh, again like that prime like the visceral like hair on the back of my neck stand up and like the heartbeat and like the oh my gosh this is so cool I can't believe this is, that happened I gotta I gotta do this more. So that was probably my biggest aha moment. Um, and just it was such a like yeah i i yet to have that sort of bigger response uh again but i kind of know that i'm i've been having a bunch of small ones like that as i work on these projects but there's some things i'm working on now that i signed an nda for so i can't really mention them at all i can't mention it all um that could have a similar sort of the phrase i like to use is i got it from uh, darren hardy that he's an awesome success coach i've been uh, using his, his tools and his programs. He has a phrase that I got called Dent the Universe. Tell us about it. What? Tell us about it. So the whole idea is that if you're going to do something, uh, have like a big enough impact on the world, like your business or your life or like your volunteering, that it's not just like, you don't like leave a mark on the world. You basically dent the universe. Basically, you have a big impact and you, it's a, uh, it's, as such a big change to the way things are done, hopefully for a, a positive sense, that it kind of leaves a dent in the universe. And when people 
look back on history over, they see like, okay, there's this big impact that was made that um, for the better, and then this person kind of had that sort of, here's who was kind of the cause of that change, that, that big impact. And so it's, when I'm thinking about my business and some of the other things I'm working on, it's, I'm, I'm trying to, the, the scope of an impact I want to have is that size of a, that scope is, I want to not just like be, it starts with having, like helping your community and I'm starting small and building up, but the, how big to dream, how big to aim, isn't that, uh, and aim so highly you're going to like, well, you're, you want your, your, your impact on the world to be some like kind of dense universe and makes things so much better that it's, it's considered that size of a, an impact. And so I'm, um, I'm working on getting there with my company and I'm working on another project again that uh, could have that sort of big, big impact on, on the world. And I'm really excited for that. And it's stuff like it, it all ties into giving and helping other people and, and making the world a better place than we found it. And so I'm, um, I'm really excited for the stuff I'll be working on and, and the opportunities that I have uh, going forward, despite all the craziness and uncertainty and stuff, I'm, I still feel uh, very fortunate and that there's a, I'm optimistic for what the future holds. That is absolutely amazing. Now, what is your best advice to the audience for walking with purpose and living a life of happiness, Carl? Well, I think I mean, walking with purpose is, it kind of ties into mindfulness and just having a, having goals and like a plan and like a, and not just goals, but like a, a system to implement them and then making sure that you're using your time well. Um, I used to procrastinate a, a lot um, and so that's actually something that I, I, I'd recommend people check out is, is Darren Hardy. Um, he has a bunch of programs. Um, he even does a little, like, they're called little Darren Daily videos. Every weekday he sends out a little video and some coaching tips every morning. And so um, I've been doing a lot of that stuff and kind of building, uh, I guess, strategies and systems for my business and just habits for my life that make sure that I'm, I'm spending my time with purpose and then things that are going to uh, help me achieve my goals. I think uh, there's a lot of uh, time in the past where I've been like, just spent kind of like watching TV or like doing things that weren't really, I mean, they were fun, but they weren't really, I, I didn't have the right balance of productivity to um, kind of like leisure or even just like people often, I think that, well, I'm really busy. So I must be doing good stuff. A lot of busy work is, not really productive, not really uh, moving people towards their goals. And so I've been focusing more on being productive and less on busy. I try not, uh, people often say, oh, how was your day? Oh, I was really busy. And I was like, well, was it productive busy or just busy busy? And they go, uh, oh, just busy busy. And I'm like, yeah. And it's, so I, I've been, I kind of, I mean, busy is, is a four letter word, but it's also like a four letter word. Whereas I don't want to, say I'm busy, I want to say I've had a productive day. So I'm really mindful of kind of when I'm walking with purpose, I'm, I'm, cause everyone has 24 hours in a day and how successful like Bill Gates or Richard Branson are like uh, people that are, are really um, impactful. People are dending the universe. It's still the same amount of time as everyone else, but they're, they spend it um, and use it with purpose and, the, and they're very focused on what they're going to do and they 
they find the things, the activities that are the most, uh, that are most of the best ROI for helping them achieve the goals or helping them get what, they, what they're trying to accomplish done. And then they don't do the other stuff. And they're like either they're delegating to someone else or they're just not doing it. And so a lot of it is just saying no to things. Like I was offered um, by someone on LinkedIn, someone reached out to me saying they wanted help. Uh, the, like an animation series that was like a, uh, and, but it was kind of like a, it'd be a big time thing. And it wasn't like necessarily any, it was like very early on in the process and it was something that looked cool, but it was just like, I already had these other two things going on with my company and this other thing. And I just, I had to say no to that because I, I, it wasn't going to be, these two other things are more important for me. And this thing wasn't one of them. So I had to say no to it, even though when I first saw it, I was like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. And I started to like, I'm like, no, 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 wait, wait. I can't say yes to this because I have these other two things. So I, I, it was that sort of purpose to my decision-making and, and time use that is um, how I see walking with purpose. And what was the other one? And living a life of happiness. Yeah. Um, so I think... Uh, a life again it, it comes down to you we how you feel and how you see the world are are very much focused on like uh, impacted by what you take into your minds if you're focusing if you're watching like a lot of like negative news stories or um, having a lot of like arguing with people online or like, or like hearing, listening to people in your life that are like complaining a lot or like really negative people and like a lot of people in your family are negative mindset. You're, you're putting all this kind of garbage into your head that's going to make you feel and see things that are in a negative, unhappy um, light. But if you're able to, if you focus on like optimistic and positive things and, and <laughs> do things that, are helping other people and um, are, are positive actions and uh, and focus on how you really want to feel or taking things that are make you feel happy. Then you'll 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 get that sort of mindset by um, controlling kind of what you put into your mind and what you what sort of content you consume, what sort of who you hang out with, um, and especially I mean it's tougher in quarantine because you can't necessarily. Uh, move around as much as you're kind of stuck with the people in your family right now um but just um being more mindful of uh and, and aware of your emotions and and what sort of content you're consuming can you really you do have control over how you feel and um so i think living life and it's basically how you feel it will impact the actions you take and so also there's a kind of part of it is, is reverse if you are doing things that are helping other people feel good because of the mirror neurons, you're gonna feel good with them because you'll see them smile and they'll make you wanna smile and they'll, you'll have like a little feedback loop of positivity by helping other people and, and being the, the good you wanna see in the world. Um, it'll come back around and you'll, you'll feel better and happier if you make others happy. So it's, uh, for each person's kinda has their own unique situation, I understand. And I am aware of how fortunate my life has been and the the privilege I've uh, enjoyed that um, I'm 
very aware of now and then working on um, uh, rectifying in a way. Um, but I think that there's a, everyone has the, the ability or the opportunity to um, control their emotional state and, and build the sort of relationships they, they want to have with people and have that happiness uh, mindset and, and be have a happy life it just there's it's definitely not the people have a lot some people have a lot more uh, of an uphill battle than others and i'm i'm uh i feel like i'm part of the effort to rectify that and make some big changes and i'm um and so i think that I'm, I'm optimistic that uh, it can be done. It's going to take a couple generations of time to really make the, the, the sort of changes we need in this country to, to actually ha happen. And um, but I think we're on a, the correct path with a lot of the stuff going on right now that I think could be another really big silver lining of the whole COVID situation is just, again, people's empathy being upped and, and people realizing that um, we need to, help each other out and help people that are less fortunate who have, don't have the same opportunities or don't have the same, um, like, you know, access to things that, that I have that I, I took for granted and, and I got just because of who I was born to. And that's just, I, I, I want to be, part of the solution and, and it is what fits into my values and what I want to the impact on my life is um, to be someone that is sees a problem that needs fixing and works to fix that with other people. And so I'm um, doing, I'm taking steps to make that happen now. And, and, and again, that's uh, just ties into the, the dent the universe thing that I, I really want to, my life to have on, on the world. That is absolutely amazing. And Carl, thank you so much for being a guest on Walk With Me podcast and sharing your story, your advice, and your tips. I really appreciate you. Now, where can the audience find you? Um, so you can find me on my website is www.squashandstretch.net, all letters spelled out. Um, or you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, so it's linkedin.com slash uh, L-I-N slash K-Ponto, K-P-O-N-T-A-U. Um, and uh, yeah, that's probably the two best places to find me. I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure to check out Carl at squashandstretch.net. And Carl, thank you again so much for being a guest on Walk With Me podcast. You have a blessed day. You too. Thanks for having me. Thank you. You're welcome.